Uh, hello, my name is Jillian Gibson, and I'm the host of this podcast, and these are my co-hosts. I'm Daniel Chan. I'm David. I'm Mabel. Um, And we're discussing the prompt of, do we think the United States is closer to a dystopian society than we have been in the past? Um, and I think that we are getting pretty close to a dystopian society. I feel like when you think about dystopian, you think about a lot of technology, and we already see technology becoming a huge part um, in our daily lives. So I think that's getting us closer to becoming a dystopian society. In my opinion, I think that we're getting farther from a dystopian society. I think that technology is a great thing, but I think that it's also something that's drawing us farther away from that like dystopian ideal society because i think that the technology kind of destroys people's lives in the sense that it's like it's it's controlling us i personally have to agree with with david for the most part technology is a is a serious problem but i i don't actually actually i'm not sure if i heard you correctly i believe you said Technology is a problem, but we're not causing, but we're not at risk of a dystopian society. Am I correct? I think we're getting farther from a dystopian society, in my opinion. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to disagree. I think we're moving closer to one because of like how easy it is. Like uh, after watching the social dilemma, it shows how easy it is for companies to block off certain parts of uh, the truth and like uh, show people certain things they want to see. And I think that's pretty harmful. That might lead to some problems in the future with different people only seeing their viewpoint and not seeing the whole picture. Right. So my personal opinion on our right to privacy is that it is extremely important. And actually, a lot of people have been, you know, working to get our right to privacy acknowledged, including Apple, who's who's attempting to update their uh, app store privacy policy. So I feel like, you know, a lot of like, it is very important and people are at least attempting to acknowledge it, even if it's not entirely successful. Yeah, I agree with Daniel. I think everybody has a right to their own privacy and watching the social dilemma and seeing that all of these um, services and apps, they track everything you do. It's, it's really scary. It's terrifying to know that, like, how long you spend on an app is tracked, how long you look at a picture is tracked. Um, and I think just everyone in society would feel a lot, like, safer and a lot less vulnerable to higher powers if we knew that our privacy was protected. I definitely agree with you. And, like, you know, for myself, just feeling like it's almost like when you go on any device, it's like how do you know when and when they're not tracking you and what apps are and aren't tracking you. And it just feels like, like you're saying, you just feel like vulnerable and you just like, it's just kind of scary. You don't know what's like happening. Um, I think that it's like, we don't realize how much our privacy is being invaded. Like before I watched that show, like I didn't know half the stuff that they track like those like little things that i would never think they'd spend time on but it's like they're controlling us without us knowing and it's just like in 1984 it's like they're being completely manipulated but they don't really they can't really do anything about it and they just let it happen you know
Yeah, and uh, a lot of people think that, like, uh, before watching The Social Dilemma, oh, my privacy is not being really infringed. Sure, like, things like Google are tracking small things, but it's not really a big deal. And it doesn't really become, like, a huge thing until it's pretty much too late and there's nothing really to do about it, which is something that's shown in 1984. Um, and talking about, like, how social media feeds like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube are tailored to the user, um, it's also a thing with privacy because they're watching your every move so they know, like, what you like and what you look at, um, like, what different, like, what pages you click on on Google. And they know that and they make a profit um, off of it by giving you ads, um, giving you ads tailored to what you've been looking at. So, you know, selling your data to companies that might that might want your uh, demographic information to know how better to to bring in certain, you know, certain audiences. Your data becomes a product. When I was I, I wrote that down in my journal, I was saying like one of the, the facts that's kind of terrified me. I didn't even realize that, but like we are the product of social media and it just like I didn't even realize how terrifying that is. And it's like it's just really crazy to think about that we are we are actually a product. We are not the people that are. Interesting, really, how how um, how scary it is, but like you don't really realize how scary it is until you really start looking into it and writing about it. Um, from question nine, it asks, is social media jug, a drug? Justify your answer. And I think that um, social media definitely is a drug and like closely resembles the uh, just like how drugs work and what it does to you, especially when it comes to how it like releases um, dopamine and its reward pathway, all that stuff. And it really like it showed in the, um, the social dilemma. It was kind of eye-opening to the fact that like, social media controls you how drugs controls you you can have withdrawals you can have all that and it, it's really similar it's kind of scary yeah i agree with that um i agree with that social media behaves like a drug and it it's like the same mechanics in your brain that a drug produces social media is very addictive just like drugs and just like david said it releases that dopamine and it goes on the reward pathway and yeah, social media is a drug, and it acts just in the same way uh, in your brain. I'd say I agree. Like, you know, even without, like, specific social media, like, talking about stuff like, like, you know, like, that phenomenon where it's, like, you know, the YouTube recommendation or what they call a falling down a Wikipedia hole where you just end up, like, searching up more and more interlinking articles and you suddenly realize, you know, you spent hours searching up random things and you can and you can really see that in in plenty of different you know sites like twitter and facebook and discord because like in a sense that you know the information is there and you can access it and being able to access that information and social interaction is is something that people are very reliant upon nowadays 
Yeah, and I think the scariest part is that uh, sometimes you don't even know you're addicted to it. Like, you just pick up your phone and you're thinking, oh, I'll only be on it for like 10 minutes. And then 10 minutes becomes like 30 minutes. Then it becomes like an hour. Yeah, that's a nature that that's the nature of a lot of different addictions I, that you don't you don't really notice there's a problem until you're already at rock bottom. Going off of like what both you guys are saying about like 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 think about like the YouTube like the recommendations you click on one video and then you get drawn into this like cycle of just you keep on clicking the next video it's like you don't even realize it's happening and before you know it you spent like hours on the device and it's like it, it just draws you in like a drug does and it like controls you like a drug does. Um, so branching off of um, social media and phones being addictive, um, we're going to the question of if we could leave our phones for a week. Um, I personally don't know if I could um, because I feel like, like in theory, it's like, oh yeah, I could leave my phone for a week and be fine. But it's so difficult because you don't realize how like unconsciously you just are drawn to your phone and it's hard to like break that cycle because you just you don't know it's doing it like you use your phone to look at the time or like if your phone if you get a text message notification you automatically look at it and it's so hard to like break those knee-jerk reactions something that you would think you could do but even like when I've gone for times when I like left my phone in the other room or something and then I'll find myself just like looking for it and I'll get up and like I don't know where it is and it's just like it's always there it's like always it's just like part of your normal life so it feels off almost if it's not there it's just like one of the regulars so you get used to it I feel like I think for me I think that like I could go without social media. I think I could go without that. But I think just like my phone in general, I kind of like rely on it. And I think society just relies on devices being able to keep in touch. And like you just you you base your schedule off of it. You know, like everything's on your phone. You need to have your phone and able to like know. Yeah, because like like, we are in a world where we where a lot of us can't can't function reliably in like our work environments without an electronic to help us. As for like whether or not I can, whether or not I could uh, quit using my phone for a week, I could if I want to. I just don't want to. I think maybe if I had some sort of like bribe to do it, I could. But you know, like if it's it's up to like just someone saying, "Can you do it?" I don't think I could. And that's all we have to discuss for today, and thank you for listening to our podcast.